Welcome back to Anchored and Devoted. We are Pastors Joseph and Jeremy, two brothers with different mothers, but the same Heavenly Father acting like two nuts. And glad you're here. Box. <laughs> we are so glad you're here. Hope you had a good weekend or weekday or whatever you had the day before. We're praying that you have a blessed day today. And if you listen to this episode twice, that's great because it is just that nice. So we are happy <laughs> <laughs> to be silly with you as well. Today we're talking about care. Um, our last episode was on death. And so I wanted to talk about care. And um, it is one of those topics that's important to me because it's based in relationship that you care for someone and it is often misdefined um, by the transactional nature of our culture. Mm. And so often the world views care as another transactional item. Yeah, you care for me, so you give me information. Um, I, um, if I am up to date on your latest doctor's appointment or up to date on um, the things that you need, then I can respond to that. Um, you know, whether I send you a fruit basket or whether I send you flowers, I am caring for you. It is a transactional thing. You shared information, you opened up, I gave you something in response. You see this kind of care even when it comes to church. You come with a need and someone says, I will give you scripture. <laughs> um, again, transactional. Um, it, it is nothing wrong with the word of God. Please, that is a good thing to share. But know that there is more to care than just the transaction. Um, when I, when you know, we look at um, uh, uh, the woman at the well, we see that Jesus cared for this woman even as he confronted her. So care doesn't mean that I don't address issues that are blatant um, or ignore them, just as when we look at um, the parable of the Good Samaritan, we see care there that is um, you know, redefined or made true out of love. Um, and so that's what I wanted to wrestle with today, Jer, is yeah. care. Um, when you, uh, <laughs> I just dropped it on you a minute ago. <laughs> when you first thought of care, what did you think? You're like, I have no clue, but go for it. <laughs> and you can say that. No, I really didn't know. I was like, care. I like care. Uh, I have a friend named care. She's cool. We can talk about her. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, it's, it's, uh, I didn't know, but what you're talking about now, um, I think it's a fantastic topic to to jump off of. So let me respond to what I was thinking as you were talking to mm -hmm. the intro here. I thought first of um passage in Genesis uh 4950. I forget mm -hmm. where exactly. But um Jacob's died in Egypt. Joseph and his brothers are taking him back to uh Mizpah to bury him in mm -hmm. the field of Adullam. And um, in Egypt, when Jacob died, the father of the second highest ranking guy in all the land, the Egyptian doctors, physicians embalm him. They took 30 days to embalm him. The entire land mourned for 70 days. Mm -hmm. Joseph and his brothers and the family then trek from Goshen back to Canaan. And when they arrive in Canaan, they stop at the threshing field or the threshing floor, and they have another 70-day field uh, period of mourning. And the Canaanites look at them, and they 
it's pretty clear that they know what's going on and it affects them as the observers, even though they get the nationality of the mourners wrong. But they look and they say, uh, the pharaohs are coming up to mourn someone who died. Or the, I'm sorry, the Egyptians are coming up to mourn someone who died. And it was actually the Israelites who were doing the mourning. But the, the very first thing that I thought was, in our culture, we have lost something visceral about community. We talk a lot about empathy versus sympathy. Mm-hmm. And we talk about sympathy as being able to be, to feel emotionally towards someone who's going through something. We talk about empathy as being able to put ourselves into the shoes of the person who's going through or has gone through something. But I think both of those fall short of what we are really called to, which is fellowship. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when Paul told the um, the Christian believers to weep with those who weep and to rejoice with those who rejoice. He, I don't think he was giving something that was outside of their normal experience. I think to, to many, um, what we would think perhaps of as at least tribal cultures and possibly even more primitive cultures in terms of uh, technological advancement. But when you read stories about a death in a tribe, whether that's in the Middle East or in Africa or in the Far East, when there was a death in a tribe, even though the person who died may not have been related to everyone else in that village, the entire village went into mourning. Mm -hmm. And even it would expand potentially past that village to several villages away, they would all be aware that someone had died, that someone important, and they would all stop and take note and be with that village in their grief. We've lost that. Yeah, I, we, we don't even know how to relate to that. Well, it's, it's funny because in the South, and it used to be true up here, but definitely in the South, whenever there is a service for the loss of a loved one and the family is headed to the burial site, all vehicles on the road pull over. Um, like, it's not just, do I know this person? They're in my community I'm sure I do know them, even if it's three neighbors over or whatever. There is some connection. They are part of my community. I do care. And there, there is nothing uh, to me that is sadder when you strip people away from their humanity and yeah. limit them to a transaction. Um, you know, I, I was talking to my son last night about and who knows when this will play it should be i think in september but the the covid variant and i was telling my six-year-old that he is of infinite worth just like every other child is of infinite worth when it comes to being made in the image of god and so i can't lessen that as we look to care for him as he steps into the future god has for him my job is to launch him well i I can't um make his path straight that's a god thing but I definitely can uh, help him uh, lean into the bent that God put into him because God designed him and created him. I can care for him. And just as um, I care for my son, I need to care for those in my community. I need to be able to care for those who've had losses and weep with them, yes, but also know that, like I said, there's more to it than just 
the meal than just the casserole. Um, those are good things and often they are needed. And what I would consider is that they are part of that relationship, but that shouldn't be the end of the relationship. Like I, I did my thing. I went and dropped off a casserole. I'm good. Okay. I showed them, I showed them that they were loved because I did that and you go, okay, but did you care for them? Right. You, you did something. Yes. You genuinely engaged, but did you actually care? Um, and that's different. Um, I, I had to laugh when, you know, we wrote up these topics for discussion. My first thought was of the care bears. My, my little sister, <laughs> Hey, it's true. Um, that was my first thought was the care bears. And, um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go look up My Little Pony and Strawberry Shortcake and a whole bunch of other crazy cartoons um, from the 80s and 90s. But there were the Care Bears and um, they all had different things on their chest, you know, from you know how they felt and whatnot. But the, the interesting thing was that they began to be their best when they were going through tough things together. Um, and then they had to actually shine their light more. Um, they had to, you know, if you haven't seen it, they have little things on their bellies. So they would light up their bellies like glowworms and project love or courage or, right. you know, hope or different things into situations that were tough. When we care for someone, to me, that's what we're doing. It's not just the transaction. We're bringing something that isn't in a card or isn't, um, you know, simply in a casserole, but there is something there that is real. The, the hope, the, the, you know, the partnering or the journeying and grieving together, as you shared earlier, that is what believers, you know, we must push for, um, to actually care. Um, when I look at the, um, the New Testament, the church was being started and see how um, one of the earliest rifts in the church was, you know, who's going to take care of these widows over here? Well, they're not my tribe. <laughs> they're, they're a different group. What, what are you talking about? They're not your tribe. We all in Jesus. Um, and so the disciples made it real clear. Okay, let's, let's get some wise people who can care for these individuals and um, take care of them. And, and that is where the deacons came from. Um, you know, out of that. I think they would have done better to have a pastor of care and counseling. <laughs> you got jokes. <laughs> you got jokes. That's my title. Um, <laughs> I'm doing my best to spread it out. So everyone <laughs> at the church is care and definitely caring for others. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure it's a title that Lord willing will wear off as it becomes more of a norm. Uh, just like a title of, you know, a pastor of discipleship or a pastor of, you know, certain things that, you know, once it's in the DNA of the church, it's yeah. long, like, it's good. This is what we're known for. This is who we are. We've been doing this for the last 15 years. We can't lose it. Yeah. Um, then, then you, you, you move back to do something else. And for me, this isn't true. Um, for many places you go. Um, I know I'm talking a lot, but I'll give one more story. When um, I was a kid, when we were looking for a church, because we were at one church, moving to another, you know, it's what people do when they're bored. Um, so <laughs> we went to visit some other churches and um, it was very clear the ones that 
cared versus the ones that were trying to win you mm. um, or to sell you on their church. Very different. Uh, the ones who cared listened first um, versus um, telling you about what they could do. Um, that for me is huge when I look for someone to participate in my life in something that requires me to trust them a lot. Mm. Um, I'm looking for them to care for me. And if you don't know my story, you're not willing to engage with it. You're just willing to tell me what I should do or what you see God doing in me and how, you know, what you, do you really even care about me? And so little kids get it <laughs> and big adults get it as well. But we often, as you stated, give it different labels. Pieces. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, we've, we've seen, if we haven't seen this personally, we've at least seen it depicted where a kid walks up to one of his parents to show them something and they're saying, Hey, look at this thing I did. And the parent takes a look and starts talking about it. And the kid, you just see him getting more and more frustrated. And finally the kid's like, mommy, mommy, you're not listening to me. <laughs> you're not listening to me. I'm telling you my story. And you know, it's at that moment that most mothers, I think say, Oh, I'm sorry, baby. You're right. I started talking too much. What did you want to show me? I'd like to know about you. And that's, that's the pivot point from transaction to care that I think you're pointing out. And I, I, I wholeheartedly um, agree with that. The focus of community is that, or the, the purpose of community maybe would be a better way to say it, is that we are all stronger as individuals the more tightly we are connected as members of this group. The more I care about you, the stronger we are. The stronger we are, the more secure I am. And that's that's physically, that's emotionally, that's mentally, that's uh, territorially, that mm -hmm. in, in every way. And you, you made a statement earlier that said we, we need to not just be transactional, we need to actually be caring. And I think that we need to flesh out what the difference actually looks like from, from both the perspective of the person doing the caring to the person receiving the care. And I'll touch back on that in just a second. But we also need to talk about this whole idea of needing to. Why do we need to? Mm -hmm. And and even beyond why do we need to, how do we, more importantly, uh, saying we agree that we need to, how do we move from a point of knowing that I need to, but not knowing how to, or knowing the need to and not being comfortable with it, to being able to actually walk this out? So for me, I, I think that most of us have experienced not being cared for well, at least <laughs> once in our lives, you know? Regardless of, of how long you've lived, I, I think most of us have experienced that. And that's, I guess, what I want to point out is all of us know what not being cared for feels like. All of us know what it feels like when someone is trying to care for us or worse, trying to look like they're caring for us or about us. Mm -hmm. um, but what we experience is someone discharging a feeling of obligation or discharging a feeling of regret or guilt by coming and doing something to placate their own soul, their own conscience, their own whatever, their own sense of, oh, well, now I've done something so I can, 
I can feel like I have completed this. And for the person receiving that, and let me stay here as a caveat, just because a person receives it that way doesn't mean it's actually being done that way, okay? The communication is definitely two-sided. But for the person feeling that, there is very little question that they weren't being cared for, they were being treated objectively. Which is to say, if you, my neighbor, are going through something difficult, and I don't actually, I'm not actually caring about you, but I am being transactional, I want to look as if I'm caring for you, what I'm really doing is treating you as an object that can help me feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. And the fundamental difference, as I see it, between being caring and being self-centered is just that. The person who is caring is, in fact, focused on the person that they are caring for, for that person's sake, not focusing on themselves, nor focusing on that person for their own sake. Um, and and I would this agree. may not come through very clearly in, in video form because I just used pronouns um, <laughs> a little bit obliquely. Um, but person, caring person, cares for the cared person, for the cared person's sake. Yeah, the Good Samaritan story. The story of the Good Samaritan. The individual, the Samaritan, is caring for this wounded individual. It doesn't get into anything about this individual, whether, you know, what they've been doing, what they have. He could have been an investment banker. He could have been a, a Wall Street broker. He, he, I mean, there's so many things that we would say, you know what, um, there's our excuse because, you know, they're living a lifestyle I don't agree with or because mm -hmm. I smell alcohol in the breath or because, you know, I know they. Um, I've seen them on this corner a dozen times. Exactly. Or exactly. Like there's so many ways I can write this. They chose off. to do this drug. And, and here we see where that is completely put aside or set aside because the individual is going to care and they're willing to not only care in that moment or in that space. They didn't just stick a roadside flare in front of the person's, you know, <laughs> swerve <laughs> if you love Jesus pretty much, you know, so no donkeys coming down the road would miss them, but they, he, you know, he actually took the time to put him up on his beast. So that means he couldn't ride his own beast. He took the time to take him someplace and address the wounds. Um, and then also dressed the wounds um, he spent his money in the, the, the true care. You, you're leaving one thing out too, which I think is really important to throw in there. Mm. Clearly this guy had been attacked. Yeah. The Samaritan knew he had been attacked and put himself at greater jeopardy for being attacked as well by slowing down to show this care. Right. He doesn't know he put himself in physical danger. He has no clue where these people are. He jumped this. He didn't know. It could have been a trap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He does not know, um, but he he does know that, again, um, this person's value is so great to God because of the value that God has placed upon you and me that I have to stop. I have to allow my schedule to be wrecked. I have to allow my clothes to get dirty. I have to understand that I'm going to come back to this motel, hotel, whatever it is to pay the balance that's outstanding. It's huge. Yeah. You can't say he wasn't cared for. Now, at which point did he, you know, <laughs> do we move from, you know, transactional to care? You know, for me, it's at the very beginning. Um, like I said, he could have rationalized right away certain things and said, I already cared for somebody today and I'm good. Um, 
But he didn't go to the other side of the street and avoid this individual. He went to, you know, the problem. He went to the person that's hurting. And out of that problem, there was a huge opportunity to care. Um, and most people would see it as a problem. I don't know how much this is going to cost me, how much time. I got yeah. things to do. I got a plan. This is a problem. I don't see this person as an individual. There, there, there's something getting in the way of me accomplishing my task. When I care, I see them as God sees them. See, that's it exactly right there. I think we put too big an emphasis on empathy right now, where we try to put ourselves into someone else's shoes. And the, the fact is your shoes are way too big for me, dude. And your shoes are way over there. And my feet are over here. Yes. I, I can't put myself into your shoes. I can't put myself into your skin. You can't put yourself into my body. But what I can do is I can put myself through empathy to see you through God's eyes. Because what that does is that relieves from me the impulse that I have to try to judge this thing and to figure it out and to know what the perfect way to respond is. It frees me to respond first out of love and leave everything else in God's hands, Mm. including my own protection. That's the story of my growth through care. Cause, you know, I've, I've always been more people oriented. So, you know, someone needs money. I'm going to give them money. If they need my time, I'm going to give them my time. But I definitely did fall into the thinking, um, to the understandable thinking that says, it'd be too, too much to say, I looked at it in terms of deserving and undeserving help. Mm-hmm. But certainly I started down that road, um, you know, rightly looking at things in terms of personal responsibility and um, what's the word enabling. I I don't want to enable someone to hurt themselves. Mm. And there are issues of personal responsibility that I, if I'm helping you through this, if, if, you jumped into this empty pool after looking at it. I'm not helping you by pulling you out and setting you back up on that diving board. Okay, so I'm thinking through all these things, right? As I think most of us do. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's not always easy to know how should I respond in this moment. But the more I did that, the more I experienced a difficulty accepting that person where they were without any change with the same kind of love that God accepted me when I had not changed. And when I, when I started to realize that, I started to realize that the eyes that I was seeing this person and their situation through was no longer being informed by A, the image of God in all mankind, And B, the grace of God is demonstrated through Christ's sacrifice on the cross for me. Once I started to realize that, it started to shift the way that I performed the algebra Mm. in my mind as I was looking at these situations. And I could look and I could say, yeah, there is personal responsibility here. Yes, I might be enabling. Here's what I don't know. I don't know what the unknown variable is. God, however, does. And God has already given this person tremendous worth. And God may be calling them at this moment to know him. 
And God may be calling me right now to be an ambassador for Christ, which means I can't simply walk past this and I can't simply give this lip service because if I'm giving this event lip service, I'm actually giving Christ lip service. And I don't want to do that. When, when Jesus... Lazarus dies. Jesus knows Lazarus has died even before he's gotten the word. The, uh, the disciples are like, hey, should we go and see Lazarus? He's sick. And Jesus says, no, he's already dead. And then Jesus starts going. And when he gets to Bethany, he stops and he experiences him in himself the loss that he suffered, the loss that his friends and he have suffered. Knowing the whole time that Lazarus's death has been allowed so that God's glory may be demonstrated. Knowing that he's going to be rolling back the stone and calling Lazarus out of the tomb. And yet Christ's response to the sisters, and to the community, was not lessened in any way by that fact. The fact that he knew it was going to turn around did not change the way that he fellowshiped with them in their sorrows. And that's the example that he did for our sake. Mm-hmm. And uh, I... I don't know where the disconnect started, whether it was with Greek philosophy or with European and Germanic intellectualism, but we as an American culture in in the 21st century, our, our hearts have gotten very, very isolated. Mm -hmm. From other people's hearts and we've surrounded our hearts with this almost impenetrable force field of our mind. And I would say, um, as you mentioned before, why are we needing to do this? I, I think when we don't do it, honestly, I, I think we're not following, as you stated, in the path of Christ. I think we're hardening our hearts to the nudging of the Holy Spirit uh, when we know where to do something and we aren't doing it. Philippians 2, 4 says it clearly, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Here's your scripture, Galatians 6, 2, bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ, 6, 10. Um, so then while we have the opportunity, let us do the good to all people, and especially those who are of the same household of faith, um, just read Galatians in general, and you'll find out just how much we are to love one another, as well as in Romans. Romans 12.10, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, give preference to one another in honor. All these make it clear that when it comes to caring, I need to do this. Um, I I must do this out of love, not simply um, trying to love people out of duty. Um, like it's not a transaction. This is all about relationship with others, loving them genuinely. 
um, because that's what God has done for us. In James 1.27, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans, widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. That visiting is not just <laughs> I drove by or wrote a check. There's an actual engagement that must take place so that I am known. Yeah. I, I find it interesting that um, at the end of the book of... Oh, good grief. Um, I want to say it's Romans. Let me check. I'm going to cheat and flip my Bible open. Um, <laughs> we don't normally do this, folks. We normally just try to shoot from the hip and <laughs> pretend like what we've said is what God said. <laughs> um, but Dave's a pastor of care and counseling. So you know what? I'm going to hurt you. It's important. Got jokes. <laughs> He's still got jokes. <laughs> okay. So. Um, at the end of Acts, um, which really isn't the end, it's more the middle, 15 and 16, mm -hmm. um, we see this big push by Paul to let people know um, that there's a relationship there, that they are known, and he wants them to um, really connect and um you know, engage and he reminds them of all the things that he's done and um, what he wants them to do toward one another. Um, yeah, I'm so not going to find this right now. Where is it? I was just looking at it yesterday. Good grief. Um, oh, okay, it's at the end of First Corinthians. Um, chapter 16, um, Paul gives a list of people to greet. Yeah. Um, and out of that, and he does this in other places. Um, you can tell he knows them. It's not a, yes. a long distance greeting. I heard about the president. Please tell him I say hello. Or, you know, I heard about Michael Jordan because <laughs> you're dark skinned. You must know him. So tell him I said hello. <laughs> not one of those greetings. Um, it's very clear for he knows who's in what's household and all that kind of stuff. And um, when it comes to caring, you have to know the individual. Um, you, you have to spend the time with them. And that is, you know, one of the things I'm hoping we as believers will take away that to care, it really does take time. Um, uh, God did that. Christ did that. The spirit is within us. He's doing that. There is time. But if you want to feel cared for, know that um, it requires you to um, be willing to engage with God on more than just your your desires. You have to know his desires. You have to know his will. You have to understand and, and follow the leading of the spirit and know that um, out of that uh, friction, um, you'll get to experience the care of God. And on the other side, um, with relationships with others, um, I'll be honest, we can't schedule deaths here at the church. Um, we schedule funerals, but we don't schedule deaths. And even with the funerals, we have a window. We can't, you know, put them off for a long time. It's something that's going to mess up schedules. Um, and often people are willing to mess up their schedule because they wish they had done more while the individual was alive. Um, 
take the time now to do the stuff that really matters, the eternal stuff. God cares for you so much that he's taking care of, you know, the birds of the air knows how many hairs are in your head. Like you don't need to stress about the things that the world stresses about. He cares for you. So that frees us to care for others truly, not, you know, transactionally. Like that's so cold. That's not us. That's not who we are. I mean, Jerry, you made it abundantly clear. Look at what Christ did. He did more than we needed. <laughs> yeah. Um, he actually cared for us. And then he sent us yes. the spirit of God. He cared. Yes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. behold what manner of love the Father has given to us. That he's lavished his grace out on us in Christ. That lavish love that God has given to us, he invites us to experience the depth of that lavishness by walking in the same lavishness. As you've received, so give. You've received freely, give freely. Mm. That's when we're going to experience the deeper walk with God. When we, when we are able to see through his eyes and trust him enough to let go of all the things that we think we've amassed, to give it away to those that God has said are just as important in his eyes as I am. And just as he took care of me and continues to sustain me and to provide for me, he will take care of them. If it's through me, praise the Lord. If it costs me everything, God still got me. And he's inviting me to experience that lavishness of riches even more deeply. Amen. I think um, a book that really helped me, and I'll toss it out there, is uh, Tim Keller's Ministers of Mercy. Mm. Um, I would encourage anyone who is uh, thinking through this um, that agrees with what we said, disagrees with what we've talked about here to pick that up. It's a, it's a very useful um, gospel-focused treatment of how to walk in caring for those around us. Uh, I'll go ahead and wrap us up. I love you, brother. I appreciate you dropping this topic on me. And um, appreciate all of you stopping by to hang out with us, listen to us uh, work through this, goof off a little bit, search for scriptures. I hope that you're encouraged. Um, my encouragement to you is pressing to God more today. You have today and you have tomorrow, hopefully. And I want your tomorrow to be even better than your today. The only way it's going to happen is if you press into God with everything you have. God is interested in people who love him with their whole heart. So love him with your whole heart today. And may we do the same. Go in peace.